0: Stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens. You're here on The Long Road Home. Hello.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Emily. I'm Chad.
0: And you're listening to The Long Road Home.
1: Welcome to another episode, everybody. How you been? We've been okay.
0: It's above 20 degrees here in Montana, so I've been basically sunbathing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, the bear mace in our house is finally gone, which is really great. No yeah. more suffocating in our own home.
0: No more choking on Pepper, but I do think that we're just going to uh, permanently have these sexy, gravelly voices. So are going to be this
1: way forever. It's like
0: that episode of Friends when um, Phoebe catches the cold and she doesn't want to get rid of it, except yeah. for forever. <laughs> yeah, it's forever. <laughs> we I don't, don't have to go and like pick up dirty tissues. I think
1: there is burn tissue in the back of my throat. Really and truly I can still feel it I'm still coughing I don't have the COVID but uh it is like I can breathe which is really nice anywho we hope everyone out there has had a really great week we hope you enjoyed the mini-sode and we have something a little different for you today so I have a question for all of you out there listening when's the last time you went out dancing like really danced like went out with your friends and had one too many gin and juices dancing what about like when's the last time you saw someone dance so hard they died what? What about vampires? When's the last time you <laughs> accused someone of vampirism after death? <laughs> what? You're probably listening to this and you're thinking, what about you, Chad? When's the last time you danced? Well, you'll have to stick around to the end to find that out. But I can assure you that I die a little bit every day when I open the news, so I've got that part of these stories down. Oh,
0: jeez.
1: Well, I would
0: say that everyone, for everyone, it's probably been at least a year since you last like really went dancing. I think so. Unless you're just um, a COVID denier. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's, uh, you know, you live in Florida, right? But today we're talking about both of these things in the context of mass hysteria. Ah! Yeah, mass really, hysteria. Yeah, really interesting was- concept, and we we there's a bunch of these examples, but we looked into two today that we thought would were kind of like especially ridiculous and strange, and we're gonna share them with you. Okay? Yeah. So, Emily, what did you decide to talk about? Well, they kind of know what we're talking about.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> you kind of already introduced it. So <laughs> yeah, um, well,
1: let's let's go ahead and properly introduce them. We're talking about the Dancing Plague of 1518 and the New England Vampire Panic of the 1800s.
0: That's right. So we're talking about multiple forms of mass hysteria or um, incidences where large groups of people do collectively, or say weird things. Yeah, yeah,
1: collectively lost their shit
0: for no apparent reason. So, we're going to start with one of the more well-documented cases of mass hysteria, the Dancing Plague of 1518.
1: Oh, before we start, sources.
0: We got our sources uh, for today's episode from Wikipedia, history.co, bbc.com, history.com, and history.howstuffworks.com.
1: Yeah, and we also found a little bit from an old archived article on discovery.com called Dancing Plague and Other Odd Afflictions Explained from 2008.
0: All right, we're going to start with one of the more well-documented cases of mass hysteria: the Dancing Plague of 1518. This strange event occurred in the city of Strasbourg, France, which was then part of the Holy Roman Empire. Oh, oh, Roman Empire, Remittos. Dominus. Remittos. sanctus, <laughs> dominus. Um, it began when a woman known as Frau Trofe Trofe.
1: I, I have no <laughs> idea. I didn't look it up. I know. I'm a bad researcher. It's, it's, it's,
0: you're not. First of all, you're not. It's spelled T-R-O-F-F-E-A. So I think that it is trophy, but it just sounds like a fancy way of saying trophy. If you say it that way.
1: Yeah, it does. Trohe.
0: Frau Trofe. Sorry. Okay. Um. It began when a woman known as Frau Trofe stepped into the street and began to silently twist, twirl, and shake. People began to watch, and I'm assuming admire Trophy for all of her sweet-ass dance moves. It soon became clear, however, that this was not a simple case of twerk fever.
1: No, she was out there shaking her ass for way too long.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it wasn't just like a passing, fleeting moment of expression, as we're about to find out. Um, it was It was much more. Frau Trofe continued to dance and dance and dance without rest for six solid days. Honestly, I can't imagine doing anything for six days except watching TikToks.
1: (laughs) Yep, TikToks are in my soul now, and I'm afraid that I will die if I stop watching them.
0: Can't stop, won't stop. Honestly, I'm I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, I I, I do love some
0: TikToks, man. I wasn't Um, a
1: fan until I downloaded it, and then I realized what I was missing. Because hey, China can have my face. I don't care anymore, dude.
0: Here's the thing: they already do. I they guarantee do. they already have your she face. They're
1: kind of seen my penis. I'm gonna go ahead and assume. Absolutely. If they've seen that, they can see my face. I don't care. I, I don't bet care you anymore. they've seen
0: the majority of our genitals at this point. Absolutely. I say let them look. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so within a week, 34 people had joined her. By the end of the month, 400 people were dancing. Dancing. Dancing in the street.
1: Just hanging Dancing out.
0: in the street. Come on.
1: Yeah, sorry. That
0: was great.
1: No, it was good. That's exactly what was happening. Dancing they were in the dancing street. in the cobblestones. Dancing in the street.
0: Um, at the height of the dancing mania, 15 residents were dying each day from strokes, heart attacks, and sheer exhaustion. So you heard that correctly. 15 residents each day were dying from dancing.
1: Yeah, at one point, it was, uh, they were really just huh, going, it's like one of those contests where you have to uh, dance to win the motorcycle with your yeah! partner. It's exactly what this was, except your reward was sweet, sweet death.
0: To the death, sweet release.
1: Yes. Uh, sign. Where do I sign up?
0: So, I know you're probably thinking that this sounds like a big old bunch of BS, right? John Waller, a Michigan State University professor who has also authored a paper on the topic, stated, quote, that the event took place is undisputed. Waller explained that historical records documenting the dancing deaths, such as physician notes, cathedral sermons, local and regional chronicles, and even notes issued by the Strasbourg City Council during the height of the boogeying rage, all are, quote, unambiguous on the fact that the victims danced. These people were not just trembling, shaking, or convulsing. Although they were entranced, their arms and legs were moving as if they were purposefully dancing.
1: Yeah, so they weren't out there just shaking.
0: They weren't They weren't trembling. No. They weren't just tapping and tapping of a foot.
1: No, they were stanky-legging. They were <laughs> supermanning that hoe. They were. <laughs> exactly. What's a newer one? What's a more recent?
0: I was going to say the lawnmower, so what? I don't do it uh,
1: me. <laughs> I don't know were, any good um, dances anymore.
0: They were... What are the kids doing these days? Um,
1: Showing the booty holes.
0: <laughs> Twerking.
1: Even that's old now.
0: It is. Well, now I it's don't like, know the uh, names Rasputin of the dance. dance. I don't know the names of the dance on TikTok. I just know that they do them.
1: They do do them. They were
0: they're doing they were doing like <laughs> this is what comes across my feed like the Phoebe Bridgers. Um, Sorry that it all went down like it did. <laughs> Emotional motion. So, sickness. what are they, are they doing? They're going
1: like she's wiggling her body and, and shaking then a little. It's
0: still kind of twerking, kind of a pelvic but it's stress. funny because it's twerking to like a, a chill wave. But one of the moves is that you pretend to lick your hand and then you put it somewhere. Oh man, so that's that's Juicy. the other move that I'm doing.
1: Oh, my TikTok's mostly a guy in a ski mask with like an IRA flag behind him. Yeah, totally different algorithm,
0: different, al- different algorithms. Um, okay. So let's get, let's get back to the story. Throughout the entire month that this was happening, and by the time August rolled around, anywhere from 50 to 400 people were shaken what their mama gave them. And yes, that is a broad number, but counting was a bit harder back in the day. And honestly, 50 people probably felt like New York City during rush hour for a village of what I'm assuming are chicken
1: farmers. Probably. They were farming something.
0: <laughs> farming something.
1: Cheese, maybe. They weren't friends.
0: They were... Weaving in on the loom and harvesting vegetables, and um and then they stopped it just all being so peasants. They could dance just
1: being yeah. peasants.
0: There was still absolutely no explanation for what was happening, although the doctors at the time had come up with a possible answer hot blood. Hot blood. Hot blood. <laughs> Everyone was just so damn full of hot blood that they had to shake that ass till the world saw how hot they were, and they were hot. <laughs>
1: I wrote that everyone.
0: I know it's really good, babe. That was a good one. <laughs> That's a good one.
1: <laughs> I'm proud of that.
0: <laughs> it's a good joke. It's a good good line. Um, Writing
1: these scripts is the happiest I've been in a decade.
0: <laughs> do you see? Do you hear that, guys? You're bringing Chad so much joy. Just just by listening, just by existing out there and clicking download, it's just.
1: It's really helping me not kill souls. myself. Oh, so God. keep clicking it, please.
0: Click it. Click. Um, so what did the town do with this information? They decided it would be best to let them get it out of their system and maybe humble them a little bit. (laughs) They built a stage inside the town and brought in professional dancers to help somehow.
1: I really don't know what the thought. I never really found like what the thought process was behind that. They just, it just said that they did it.
0: I liked your theory. I liked the humbling theory. It's like, well, let's get some pros out here, yeah, these so guys that maybe you'll feel shame. Hot. We'll show them some hot blood. <laughs> you'll, you'll look up and start Christina, to go, oh. Christina, get in here. Shake that. Well, I ass. can't, I can't dance that well, so maybe I should just uh, go on home after
1: weeks of dancing in the streets.
0: Um,
1: the pros are here now.
0: So yeah, not entirely sure what they thought this was gonna do, but honestly, it seems like the community rent really benefited in the end with a nice new stage being built in town.
1: Yeah, they did something nice for themselves.
0: Oddly enough, though, just as quickly as it started, the dancing plague came to an abrupt end. After three months of dancing and several deaths as a result, remember, about 15 people a day were dying.
1: Yeah, at the peak, there were It's a lot of weird dancing deaths. One dancing death is a lot.
0: One dancing death is like... Mind-boggling. Fifteen a day is insanity. Um, But just like that, just as suddenly as they all started, everyone just suddenly stopped. The people of Strasbourg apparently satiated whatever had overcome the town, and they returned to their normal lives, probably forever remembering that summer of love and happiness where they watched their neighbor dance themselves to death. Ah, better times.
1: (laughs) I'm sure that, you know, for a peasant, Chicken Farmer, Cheese Farmer. That's probably was like kind of a, you know, cool time. I you'll never you didn't forget die, it, you'll you never didn't forget die, it. It's a cool time.
0: That is, though, if you're thinking that they were like coherent enough to remember it.
1: Someone had to have been. It would be, be wild to go out there and like, just, I don't know, but like at the same time to join in would be really fun.
0: It, well, I bet that it felt really like primal almost. You it's know? like that like, little
1: John song, Get Out of Your Mind. <laughs> is that a little John song? Is that still a thing? Get
0: out of your mind!
1: That song, yeah. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) They did, and boy did they get out of their minds. Hot
1: blood. Hot,
0: hot, hot, hot. Um, So, if you didn't think this was strange enough already, the 1518 Dancing Plague of Strasbourg was just one of many spontaneous outbreaks of dancing that occurred throughout Europe from the 7th to the 17th century.
1: Yeah, so did not know that. So there was
0: more than one dancing event.
1: Yep, I knew about this one, but did not know there were more.
0: That's so crazy. History books are full of accounts of large groups of people breaking into dance. One of the earliest known cases occurred in the French town of Burberg. Sorry, that's just, that's <laughs> Burberg. I don't know how you would say that. In the 1020s?
1: In 1000s ten, 10, 1020s? 1020s, I guess, yeah
0: where a Christmas Eve service was ruined by a group of peasants suddenly jumping up and singing and dancing for no apparent reason.
1: Yeah, this has got up, and you know, Jock is, damn it, Jock, stop grinding on the nativity scene. <laughs> People are watching. Jock, Jock. Oh, hey, it's kind of nice. Ah, well, okay. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's grind, baby. Come on over. That's what happened.
0: That's how it went down. Yeah, documented. They just couldn't the resist words. Jock's moves. In 1237, there was another outbreak in the German town of Erfurt. Wow, Burberg and Erfurt.
1: <laughs> They're just naming anything, anything these days. <laughs>
0: um, on this occasion, a large group of children took it upon themselves to leap and dance the 20 miles to the nearby town of Arnstedt, much to the bafflement of the residents of both towns. Many believe this was the origin of the Pied Piper of Hamelin story. Yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. But also, like... I think these stories are cool and super interesting, but if it was as involuntary as some of these stories sound, then it's also slightly terrifying.
1: Yeah. It's very scary for those people that were involved probably. Just
0: like, why am I?
1: Why am I skipping 20 miles?
0: Where are we going? Who is controlling us? You can't see it, but I was dancing as I- Yes.
1: She was dancing, not convulsing, dancing.
0: It was convulsing. (laughs) (laughs) The outbreaks continued to pick up pace throughout the 13th century. Most notably in 1278, where the dancing antics of about 200 peasants on a bridge over the River Meuse caused it to collapse, leading to many casualties. Ooh, that's not what you want.
1: No, it's not. It's like the video that that uh, party in North Carolina at the college where the floor yeah, fell through.
0: Ah, I remember that video. That's insane. Pretty crazy, dude. I've been to some frat parties in I my i felt day. the floor bend. I've definitely felt it like, bounce back like when everyone's jumping, and then if you jump off rhythm, all of a sudden you're getting popped up like you're on a trampoline.
1: Yeah, it happened to me one time, and I promptly walked out, and it was in my house.
0: Dude, didn't that happen at the <laughs> other, other frat house?
1: Yeah. Dude, the yeah. other
0: Delta Chi house, it happened at that other
1: house. Yeah, I was in a fraternity for a couple years in college, and uh, yeah, the floor fell through. I forgot it about did. that.
0: That was after we left. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The 14th century saw further outbreaks of dancing mania, by far the biggest being in the German town of Aachen in Germany in 1374 that spread like wildfire across the country reaching as far as Italy and Luxembourg. The following two years saw outbreaks occur in France, Germany, and the Netherlands. Dancing mania hit the town of Augsburg in 1381, and in 1428 the plague reached Switzerland with outbreaks in Zurich and Schaffhausen that claimed the life of a monk. So even the monks were getting in on it.
1: They were trying to. Unsuccessfully, it looks like.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, what do we think caused this? Newer science has given us a few ideas that we can at least work with. Some believe the dancing would have been brought on by food poisoning, caused by the toxic and psychoactive chemical products of ergo fungi, which grows commonly on grains, such as rye, and is used for breaking bread. Ergotamine is the main psychoactive product of ergo fungi, and it is structurally related to the drug. And I'll say it: lysergic acid diethyl dieth- diethylamide, or LSD, baby.
1: Yep, very similar.
0: Drop an acid back in the
1: 1300s on accident
0: by eating bread. Yeah, what a way to get high. And then
1: maybe die. <laughs>
0: And maybe just dance your little heart to death. Um, But we think that the other big explanation might be our favorite. It's stress-induced mass hysteria. Woo! Um, This could have been a florid example of psychogenetic movement disorder happening in mass hysteria or mass psychogenetic illness, which involves many individuals suddenly exhibiting the same bizarre behavior. The behavior spreads rapidly and broadly in an epidemic pattern. This kind of comportment could have been caused by elevated levels of psychological stress, caused by the ruthless years the people were suffering. John Waller from earlier seems to support this idea. He speculates that the dancing was, quote, stress-induced psychosis on a mass level, since the region where the people danced was riddled with starvation and disease, and the inhabitants tended to be superstitious.
1: Yeah, and he also does not, uh, he's not super into the idea of the the grain being what happened because it would eventually wear off and people would be like, what the fuck just happened? Right, this happened for
0: months. It's not like they were sitting there munching on the bread the whole time they were dancing. Maybe that's all they had, though. I mean, maybe they
1: were. (laughs) a snack. (laughs) And they just all were passing
0: it around. Yeah,
1: they all got the same bread loaf. It's a small village.
0: We don't know. We're never going to know. No. Basically, what these people saw is equivalent to what everyone in their 20s and 30s is doing today. We can't move up in the world. We can't afford a home. Rent is 70% of our paycheck if you don't live in the country. And believe me, they'll rub that in your face while they roll around in whatever shit dive bar they have out there in the sticks. So what do we do? We download TikTok and laugh until we cry.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, If we didn't have phones, you're damn right. I'd be out in the streets convulsing.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, seriously, I really think that's what it was. Like, If they had an outlet, they might not have been dancing in the streets. They might have been doing something like looking at memes.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: to hide the pain. It's if it's, tra- I mean, yeah, that's, re- I really truly believe that.
0: I, it really, it, it does make sense. It makes sense as, a, as an emotional release, um, a physical release. It's like literally, what did you do for fun <laughs> in, in the year 1027 or whatever the year is that I quoted earlier? Like,
1: I don't know, stickball. If you were a child, if you were a, gr- literally what if I you was were, say. if you were a grown person, you didn't have fun. Yeah, you just didn't. That was like that was not a thing that that uh, you know times were different back then.
0: And I was like gonna say like sex, but for a woman, no,
1: <laughs> no, not really, not really. I don't think so. I would imagine it was. I would there hope that there was like, some rogue
0: lovers that just like really took it upon themselves. Anyway, I'm getting really distracted. By <laughs> okay. My idea of what fun would be. Yeah, it's a so, uh, weird on. time period. Um. Either way, what happened back then was a very strange example of mass hysteria, but it's not the last one we're going to be covering today.
1: No, it's not. Next up, we have my mass hysteria pick, the New England Vampire Panic. This one's really crazy to me. Um. So this is uh, 200 that years... That sounds
0: like a band.
1: That's a great band name.
0: New England Vampire Panic. Love
1: it. So this happened about 200 years after the Salem Witch Trials. So New England, for those who don't know... Was I mean? Maybe the rest of the country was like this, but New England in particular was heavily superstitious. I think, uh, especially during those you know early years, and it, that continued on for a really long time. It might even still be like that today. I haven't been to Vermont. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it didn't seem. Uh, I don't think that they quickly recovered from the Salem witch trials up up in that region. I think that was kind of just a um, extended trend, yeah, if you will.
1: Well, in the late 18th and early 19th century, New Englanders were gripped again by a vampire panic. In desperation, they began dismembering suspected vampires in hopes of driving off the terror and death that threatened to upend their lives. These vampires were entirely made up of recently dead individuals. What those crazy New Englanders didn't know was that their fears were misplaced. They should have been dismembering people who were still alive instead.
0: What? They were dismembering dead people?
1: Yeah, in a panic. This was literally a panic. Brutal. Um, So we should start by explaining what was actually occurring during this time period up there. A disease we now know as tuberculosis began to run rampant in the late 1700s. Between 1786 and 1800, it killed 2% of New England's population, and it's been said that it eventually killed maybe 25% of the East Coast. Holy shit. Whoa. It's a lot of people. It was a terrible disease.
0: 25%. You just
1: couldn't do shit. Once you had it, you were guaranteed to die, pretty much. So at the time, TB was known simply as consumption because of the way it physically destroyed the body.
0: Oh, sorry. I have an opportunity to use a vocab word from last week's episode. So there was no um, convalescing happening post-TB. No
1: convalescence at all. None. Great word. Thank you. People with tuberculosis lost significant amounts of weight, coughed up blood, their skin literally turned gray, and they often died slow, painful deaths. The disease is also very transmissible, passing through family members who are helping a sick person to try to feel comfortable. So, this was not a good disease, highly transmissible, highly deadly. And that being said, the disease treated each person and even family different. Some households lost everybody, others never had any contact with the disease, Combining that with the fact that germ theory wasn't around, these factors paved the way for the panic that was about to come. Ah, Yes, right. there was no germ theory at the start germ- of this. We don't know
0: what germs are. That's right. So yeah. It's Isn't that just, crazy? It's just blame your neighbor.
1: It's all you could do. It's just, yeah. Not even your neighbor, your family.
0: Yeah, but you wouldn't go like, I'm going to blame my family. you go like, I'm going to blame those neighbors who were dancing on the street last week. <laughs> you know? Well. <laughs> and that There was no overlap. It was just a joke. <laughs>
1: It's all for entertainment. It's all for you guys. It's we all love for you all. You. Thanks for the downloads. You keep me from killing myself. Don't forget that. Download it. Tell your friends. As the disease passed from family member to family member, whispers throughout New England began to surface about what could be causing this terrible ailment vampires. Of course. Vampires. <laughs> New England was already a superstitious lot back then, much like today. And it was easy to see how they could believe the dead to be sucking the life from their family members one by one. So, this is why I said it's literally your family, because, so, Uh, yeah, so we as a village have decided that your dead auntie is actually the one killing off the rest of your family with her psychic vampire powers. Now, what?
0: Yeah, what do you do with that? Well,
1: (laughs) what else but dig her up? In a valiant attempt to save the rest of the family, groups would gather to exhume the corpse of the now vampire and observe them.
0: Yeah, so, like, I heard you say psychic vampire powers. Well, they thought this was like all happening within the dead person's mind?
1: I mean, well, we'll talk we'll see in a minute, but okay, basically okay. it's like once a family started to get it, everyone would get it. And typically after one or two people started to die, they would people would start to think, Oh, something is going on that's causing the rest of the family to die, someone is feeding off of them. It's probably one of the dead people in the family. Oh. And that's when they would start digging people up. Gotcha. Um and I, I say psychic vampire because they're doing it from the grave, and I just uh, imagine like the Stephen King eating the energy out of people with their psychic energy powers. Michael Bell, an author and premier expert on the supernatural beliefs of New England, states that the vampires were always corpses. They were never living people. The people who were performing the ritual actually never referred to the corpses they exhumed as vampires, although some outsiders, including newspaper writers and local historians, sometimes labeled the consumption rituals as vampirism. Weird. Yeah, so they weren't even calling them vampires. They were just, the news picked up on the word somehow and decided to associate. I, I think from what I read, it was because of the way that Eastern Europe viewed the vampire. And right. what it, what it did, and so they found a connection in there. Well, if
0: you think about like the t- the TB symptoms, right, of somebody like turning gray, coughing up blood, like it just it would
1: leads I, you to believe you, vampire. Yeah, you, I This could is a see vampire. Where you
0: could get there, um, and but it is interesting that they were all like digging up bodies and handling it before they even had a name for what they were afraid of.
1: Well, yeah. So so they dig them up, right? If this is how they determine whether or not you are a vampire. If there was an adequate amount of decay on the body, well, I guess Auntie wasn't a vampire after all, and you're just plain old fucked. But if the body had seen little decay, or if blood was still to be found in the heart or other organs, you had yourself a vampire. Of
0: course. Of course.
1: So they were looking for people who hadn't rotted and looked for blood on the inside, but blood does what when a body dies? It pulls. So they're... (sighs) Yeah, so the blood depending on, you know, how fresh you are, there's a good chance it might still be there anyway.
0: Right, that's what I was going to say. Like, what if you just, like, buried someone and it was really cold out and the body was preserved for a little longer? Well, like, <laughs> you know? We'll see. Oh, no, um, how gruesome. Okay.
1: There are a few ways to deal with the problem once it had been found. The easiest and maybe lamest was that the villagers would just roll the body over and close it back up in the coffin. Easy peasy. That's <laughs> That was their... Some <laughs> solutions was just go, up and flip it. And that was it. That's all they did to it. But... The more extreme method was to actually cut out the heart and other organs, burn them, and decapitate the body. Sometimes the bones were also crushed, with the bones left being rearranged in a skull and crossbones symbol. This was generally seen as giving off great spooky settler aesthetics and also metal as hell. (laughs) Yeah. How, (laughs) How was any of this supposed to cure the infected family, though? Well, what they would do... Is make sure whoever was sick was close enough to the burning organs to inhale the smoke <gasps> coming off of them. No! Yeah, and in other cases, ashes from the organs were actually eaten in order to cure the consumption. So they would take their family member, burn their heart, and then they would try and eat it and to try and cure themselves or their family members that were already sick. yeah it's pretty dark
0: Ah, that's so dark you had to like you were already dying from tuberculosis and then your family like wheels you (laughs) on over and is like
1: smell this yeah it's like inhale grandma
0: yeah just she's like you're like (laughs) you walk into a room and you just smell burning flesh and they're just wafting it in your face like breathe it in breathe it in this will help your tuberculosis
1: carvel's mom oh no this is just my grandma's heart According to Bell, these desperate grave-digging scenes played out at least 80 times throughout the Vampire Panic. You can find more information on this in his book that we did not read because obviously we've lost control of time and our lives. (laughs) We did, however, reach out to our good friend Wikipedia, and they have listed six documented, quote-unquote documented, cases of this happening. The first and earliest was in 1793, when Captain Isaac Burton exhumed his first wife, Rachel, while trying to save his second wife, Holda who also had consumption.
0: Oh, wow. So he yeah. just thought his ex-wife was uh, just did want him to be happy again, huh?
1: No, she wants she me was, to be miserable, and I know was it. She
0: really controlling, even from beyond the grave.
1: He wanted her gone forever.
0: Okay, so that was well, in 1793.
1: Yeah, and ultimately, Hulda, terrible name. <laughs> Sorry, all you Huldas Holda, listening out there. Hulda <laughs> uh, died. It didn't work. Yeah, um, I
0: imagine so.
1: Now, in the winter, so this was, I don't know if this is necessarily New England, but in the winter of 1816 to 1817, the Swiss family of Philip Saladay began to develop symptoms of consumption shortly after settling on land in Ohio. After the son and the head of the household perished, they decided to try and beat back the disease by taking the entrails from one of the men and burning them in front of a large audience of Ohioans, no less. Oh. Yeah, Ohioans? Ohioans? What's a plural for an Ohio person?
0: I think Ohioans.
1: Well, Ohioans. Regardless, for the family, it didn't work. This too was a failure. Surprise! Surprise! I know, right? It didn't work, and ultimately, all but one family member died from tuberculosis. This is still regarded as the most exciting thing that's ever happened in Ohio. (laughs) 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 You just zinged Ohio.
0: Hit us back, Ohio! Yeah, come on, show me what
1: you got. (laughs) So those just a couple. I really like that one just because, like, pretty brutal. Like the fact they were just like pulling intros out, and all those people are like, "Hey, what you doing?" And just watching. Uh, people we're putting were weird, an man. end to this. Yeah, they were. Uh, just <laughs> watching. I don't know. I don't know how you could watch someone rip someone's We've out. We've talked about it before. Different true, times. True
0: crime was ex- in existence.
1: Most exciting thing. Literally, for a long I think. Time. Yeah, I really think it was the most coolest thing Ohio's ever seen. People
0: have always liked to morbidly watch things. It's just it's human true. nature.
1: Yeah. The last and most famous incident was that of a girl named Mercy Brown in 1892, a full decade after tuberculosis was discovered to be caused by a bacterium. And That's what makes this story unique, is they knew what was causing TB at this point, and this still happened. Wow. Um, apparently, the story still hadn't made the rounds in rural Rhode Island, where Oof. they were. Yeah. Okay. The Brown family lived in Exeter, Rhode Island. Like the rest of the families in our story, they began to succumb to consumption, starting with the mother, Mary. So- Mary gets sick and dies, and by 1886, so does the eldest daughter, who is also named Mary. At this point, the only remaining family members are the father, George, and his children, Mercy and Edwin. The family would continue to dwindle in 1891 when both Mercy and Edwin also got the disease that killed their mother and sister. It didn't take long for Mercy to pass away, leaving only Edwin and his father. Pretty soon, the community had pretty much decided, for some reason, that this was the work of what else but a vampire. And I, I, I saw that George agreed and other places where George didn't agree, so I'm not entirely sure which of those is true. But regardless, the villagers were able to convince him to allow the graves of Mary, Mary, and Mercy to be dug up in order to be examined to see if they're a vampire or not.
0: So strange.
1: Yeah, it's uh, odd.
0: It's, uh, it's hysteria.
1: It is. I mean, it genuinely is like just a community of people that still can't understand what's happening, and so they go back to something evil is happening. Just like we talked about earlier, the bodies were examined for freshness. The two Marys had been dead for some time and were essentially bone when they were dug up. Mercy, on the other hand, was still quite fresh. She had actually died in the winter. Because of that, the ground was too hard to dig, and so they placed her in an above-ground rocked home that acted as cold storage for the body. Nope, she's a
0: witch. Yeah. Nope, nope, she's actually just a witch. No concept of what was happening. Her body being stored in the cold, that's, um, that's irrelevant. She's just evil.
1: I, I don't understand it, but, you know, just totally, we know so much now. We, we know so much. We
0: know so much now.
1: Yeah, this is just goes to show you. But they pulled her out of this rock home, and she was very fresh, and there was even still blood in her heart. So this was a great day for the guy that decided to dig up a 100-year-old belief system. So remember, this had started in 1790, and this was 100 years later, and they're still pushing the vampire narrative.
0: That's so crazy to think about. What are the things that we believe now that a hundred years from now people will be like, wow, people thought that for a hundred years?
1: I I have a list of things I could say right now, but I'm not going to.
0: (laughs) Chad's biting his tongue so hard that I think I just saw a drop of blood.
1: So the villagers appeared to be correcting their thinking. They found that it was none other than Mercy who was sucking the life force from the remaining family members. Mercy's heart and liver were burned, and her ashes were mixed with water to create a potion for Edwin to drink. Amazingly, Edwin survived the ordeal thanks to the potion. I'm just kidding. He died oh, no. two months later. Oh, no. He just died, too. This did not work. Yeah,
0: because they had tuberculosis in their home. Yeah, their bodies. I bet you bodies. when you go and exhume that body, like, the body's probably still infected, right? If there's still blood in her heart, do you think the germs are still, like
1: possibly i don't know i I I have no idea how it works i just know it's in your lungs oh but also
0: like you just ate you just drank your daughter like you just his
1: sister he drank his sister
0: oh edwin drank the sister and then george drank his daughter
1: yeah but uh it turns out drinking burned organ just doesn't save you from the terror that is consumption oh no yeah and that's pretty much where the story ended um,
0: so George survived
1: George survived yeah everyone else died though once again we have one family member that just lost everyone just brutal absolutely brutal
0: and he and then he lived the rest of his life going I lost my family to vampires
1: yeah really uh, well <laughs> they, they actually were <laughs> like once Edwin died they uh, reburied Mercy they were like oh sorry Ooh, we desecrated your bad. body and tucked her back please into the don't rock please
0: do us forever
1: yeah don't be a vampire later huh <sighs> Ultimately, this story is a lot like the others, but it did end up serving a greater purpose. Rhode Island became the vampire capital of America after the incident. What? And Yeah, weird. I didn't know that either. And the story gathered steam as people began to ask, hey, what's with those signs saying welcome to the vampire capital of America? <laughs> it's a weird title you've got on all of your road signs there, how Rhode Island. You, um,
0: how did you get that, that title there, friend?
1: And, you know, I guess it didn't stick. And if it did, I didn't know about it. No, I
0: think Forks, Washington is now the vampire. <laughs> yeah, because of Twilight. <laughs> they got Twilight us, Firewood up there, folks. They do. Twilight They'll get you some everything. firewood. That
1: person needs the money.
0: They do. the $5 <laughs> for <Yeah>. firewood. He's <laughs> calling it Twilight just Firewood. Twilight Wood. It's, it's a, Twilight Firewood. They tried.
1: They, you know, that They're was, not wrong. That's what they came up with. <laughs> you know? So just
0: to clarify, which Chad and I, I did a drive across Washington up. Uh, Prior to COVID, it was like two years ago. Now yeah. we went through the town of Forks. We stayed in Forks. Um, they have fully embraced their vampire years label. Still. Years uh-huh. after years, they're years still, later,
1: you know, hanging on to Twilight so
0: much so that even the locals were were selling their firewood and labeling it as Twilight firewood.
1: Just Pull over and get some.
0: <laughs> anyway, I'll let you finish up. Sorry.
1: Well, the story really did pick up steam. Like, um, we're laughing and stuff, but it did. People started to hear about it, and eventually it made its way to Europe, where it's said that Bram Stoker used the story as inspiration for the character Lucy Westerna in Dracula. Wow. Yeah. For those who didn't know, Lucy is the 19-year-old daughter, same age as Mercy, when she died, of a wealthy family and is friends with the main female character, Mina. Lucy is also the first English victim of Dracula in the book. Sorry to spoil it for you, but it's been literally over 100 years. If you haven't read it by now, you're not going to.
0: (laughs) Sorry, not sorry.
1: Mercy has also been the inspiration for H.P. Lovecraft, several other novels, and more recently, some avant-garde films that honestly I haven't looked that much into yet. I know that there was like... It's like a weird movie about like a group of people that go to her grave and then they start to like imagine themselves in that time period. It's, it seems, I don't know if I'd like it. Very artsy. Yeah. I saw a, a, a still from the film and I was just like, eh.
0: That looks like a lot.
1: Yeah. So in some way, Mercy did manage to live on, just not in the form those villagers thought she would all those years ago. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, These are only a few examples of mass hysteria that have occurred. It's so interesting and scary to me to see what group psychosis can appear as, and these are only a few examples of what has actually been documented. There's so much of our history that we don't know. Who knows how many times this has happened in the past and how exactly it panned out.
0: Or how many times it could happen in the future.
1: Yes, we never know. You really don't. Especially now, we're more connected than ever, but we're even more alone than ever. Think about that
0: wise words chad
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean really though could could mass hysteria help explain certain cultural events maybe it could explain how an entire group of people vanished these aren't questions we can answer easily ourselves but it's easy to see how something like this could have a significant impact on a society if the event was large enough
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah and that's the episode everybody so, guys, we have so many more of these to talk about. We'll do more episodes on these. I uh, really
0: enjoyed the mass hysteria, I think honestly, it was really cool. I think there's, it's
1: interesting. The problem with these is there's so few of them in recent time that it's hard to get like a lot of material for a full-length episode on just one thing. Right. But- I was looking into the Satanic Panic of the '80s and the daycare stories that happened with that—the daycare Satan yeah. Panic thing—where they were talking about like these kids are being ritual- ritualistically abused and stuff. And we we're doing a whole episode on that. That might even be a two-parter because I was—I'm uh, bought in. I'm sold. Dude, I want to know more about it. I have
0: an example that happened not—not not even ten years ago with that. So let's let's definitely talk about it. Yeah, I, I want to. That'll
1: be an episode, guys. But yeah, there's so many of these. So so many of these. But the Satanic Panic is a great example of how a mass hysteria event can do exactly what we just talked about, and it can lead to something huge in society, like the rise of fundamentalist Christianity that is still terrifying anyone who isn't white and straight today. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: It is. It's a really strange idea, mass hysteria, and just how it seems to suck people into its grasp is crazy to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: It's it's nuts, but I really did enjoy this episode. It was good.
0: I don't know. There's like... (sighs) There's part of me that kind of wishes I could have been there for the dancing plague. Not for like to live in that time period, but I just feel like it was probably a really cathartic experience.
1: Yeah, I, bet I it was. And I kind
0: of want to just like start dancing in the street and see if people will join me.
1: You know, you could, you absolutely could. Maybe not now, but once uh, once the vac- once that vaccine is in our once, blood, and all of our all of us have the microchip in our temple, in. they can scan me for the mark. Yeah. Then we can all go dance in public again.
0: Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I can't <gasps> wait for that. You guys, that. hey, long road homies. When you have your vaccine, let us know. We'll yeah. do our we'll have our own we'll dancing. We'll have our plague. own
1: <laughs> little dancing plague. Yeah. I'd love that. It'll be so okay. much fun. Join the <laughs> Discord so you can find out more about the dancing plague that we're gonna have. <laughs> oh, uh the last time I danced, I told you guys I would answer that question. Oh yeah, it's time. I don't remember it all. Uh fuck, when was it? I think the last time that I really, you know, got out there and just danced my little heart out was uh do you know? Do you remember? I think it was Halloween. This last Halloween? Yeah, I was out in the, the, the we had the speakers out on the sidewalk, and I was like, there were fireworks. No, that was July Fourth. That was July Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that was god! Definitely the sun. Yeah, there were fireworks. There
0: were fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was the last time I danced real hard. I was playing "Welcome we to the Black did. Parade," we had a, and we there had were a fireworks shooting off. Socially
0: distanced block party. It was it it was um an accidental block party where. We had neighbors across the street that they they brought out their speakers and started to have a party on one corner. And then some other neighbors brought out their stuff and they started to have a party on the other corner. And so then we went out to the driveway and other people went out to their driveways and everyone was kind of just like partying and hanging out. And yeah, we always end up jamming out to some emo music whenever that happens. It was a Um, good time. Black Parade.
1: That was the last time that I I danced, really. See, I was
0: going to say like bar dancing was the last drag show that we went to. Yeah, that was...
1: God, I don't even remember. That was
0: 2019, I think. So long ago. No, it was still 2020 because it was like start of 2020 because your brother was here.
1: I miss things.
0: Me to. Yeah. Guys, get your vaccine when you can.
1: Please, we're just waiting. <laughs>
0: I know. I say I say that as if like it's an option for everybody right now because I'm not on any list yet. But Hell whenever no. it becomes available, let's just like all agree to do it so we can dance.
1: Oh, again. we're long past that point already. <laughs> no one's getting it, apparently. Anyway, oh, thanks, for thanks, so thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Yeah, I think that's it for the episode. We could talk about this all day. Yeah, I could talk about dance Yeah, I could about all the all shit I miss But for instead, a long let's talk time. about social media.
1: Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore LRH underscore pod.
0: You can also find us on Facebook at the LRH pod and reach us via email at the LRH show at gmail.com.
1: If you want to contribute to our podcast, you can find us on patreon.com slash the LRH podcast. And you can email us your stories questions, comments, anything like that. Or just a at, hello. Just a hello would be nice. Love to hear from you at thelrhshow at gmail.com. I just said that part. Oh. D- I did.
0: I already I already said that. But you know what? Throw it out on two times. That's okay.
1: Yeah, I guess <laughs> hear it twice. Join <laughs> the Discord, guys. Twice as nice. Oh, it's twice as long. Join the Discord everybody. There's a link on Instagram and Twitter. It's totally free. We're going to have special Patreon content for our tiers on there as well. We're going to do book read, book club, meditation, something on there as well once we have the momentum yeah, and man. we can get some ideas going. I mean, we we were going to we might start working on those shortly.
0: Honestly though, I feel like you got better at the discord, so y'all should hop on there cuz we're we're getting we're getting good at it.
1: I love it. I really do. It's a fun way to stay involved and just get, you know, share our more stuff with people and we'd like to continue doing that with you all.
0: Speaking of sharing stuff, one more thing before we go, we wanted to let uh some of our listeners know that if you reached out and asked for more stickers, we've sent them in the mail today.
1: Yes, they so are So they're on, on their way. The way, guys, we hope you get them soon. Also, Last, last thing, if you're listening on Apple, leave us a review and a comment, please. We would love to get on that new podcast playlist, and we need your help to do that. Tell your friends, take their phones, just do it. They don't have to listen. Who cares what they do? Just take their phone and review it for us. We'd love you forever.
0: You don't even have to write anything. I mean, I personally like to read the ones that you write, just because then I go like, oh, really? Um, But you could just click the five stars. Oh, I mean just click the stars
1: yeah the and one that you think you is appropriate leave the review wink. just
0: leave however many stars you think we deserve <gasps> wink.
1: wink wink nudge all right that's everything i think yeah all right guys we'll be back next monday with another sode. it's my turn so get ready do it all right and as always thanks, thanks for, for joining, joining us, us on, on the, the long, long road home, home. goodbye everyone